0: Welcome back to another episode of Vibe and Cultivate. This one's different because it's just me. I have done so many guest episodes lately and it feels so good to record something solo. I'm here to give you guys a little life update and what this next chapter for me is going to be. Thank you for being here today and for listening to my words. Today, I'm talking about the inevitable, the unavoidable, the horrible instances that have happened in 2022, but more recently. The shooting yesterday on the 4th of July in Highland Park, Illinois, not far from where I live in Chicago, and um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade and many other pressing topics that have been circulating in the media. I have gotten to a point in my life where having this type of information swirling through my head on an everyday basis, and having it be a part of like my purpose and my mission, I became so desensitized to violence. And a lot of that came from where I grew up as well. Having to confront things like this is so interesting when you have other things going on with your mental health that it's almost like you have to subscribe to what feels the most important at the time. And I think that's something a lot of people, including myself, feel guilty for because There's this desire to embrace every issue and embrace every community and every possible thing with all the energy you have. But speaking as someone who tried doing this, you can't. You simply cannot. It's not an option. It's not something that anyone can do. And what I see in the activist community sometimes is like seasoned organizers and leaders who are used to doing things a certain way sometimes they perceive younger generations as we're energized but we're less willing to put in the hours get our hands dirty fully commit and do the same thing for like 20 plus years and I think what's different about this generation is we're already tired like we're already sick of this world that we were born into and so, it's a matter of like, okay, what do we do with that? Because people talk a lot today about like finding your lane and, oh, like if you are a healer, you can do this. If you are like a thought leader, you can do this. And it's like, yeah, that's that's helpful. And like that's a cool type of thing to have a conversation about for sure. But as anybody knows who has ever run an organization, a business, a team, whatever, you can have a conversation about something, you can tell people to do things, and they'll just say, like, fuck you, and they're not going to do it, you know? So what I've discovered in my own journey with this shit is I am no longer interested in changing someone's opinion. I have no desire to. If someone chooses to change their frame of mind or their perspective, their opinion, on their own that's great good for them but i think the way the way i was advised in my young young career as an activist to literally put all of my opinions aside and just sacrifice myself and and my not my integrity but just like my true beliefs just for the sake of oh just try to be neutral just try to be in the middle try to be moderate try to reach the people you otherwise wouldn't reach and I remember using that line all the time and it's not who I am like I had to realize that it's just not who I am I'm not in the middle I am not moderate there is no neutrality on this And I think anyone that can find neutrality needs to examine themselves a little bit closer and and wonder why you are able to sympathize with people who are white supremacists and literally like destroying the planet. So I have to mentally divest from a lot of information that I consume in the media because one, it's not directly correlated with reality. It's heavily sensationalized and it's geared towards getting you to click on their site and to read their articles no matter if it's filled with misinformation or you know, it's heavily leaned towards like one side or another, whatever. I just I just can't anymore. And over the past year, I've gone through a process of releasing this Compulsive need to be there for everyone else And I really had to look at myself and be like, what am I doing? Is this Sustainable, I was just listening to Elaine Welteroth a journalist and former editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue um, Who's a black woman and she was talking about her experiences with burnout and how Anybody with a sustainable career and a sustainable vision does not take on everything and think that they can just give 200% to everything and get it done and continue to do that for decades. You just can't. Like Our bodies and our minds are not designed to do that. So we have to pick the things that we want to do and the things that we want to contribute to society and just own that decision. And it doesn't mean that whatever we pick, we're doing that forever. It just means that that's what we're choosing at that moment in time. The reason why I wanted to talk about this also is ever since I graduated college, I've been getting a lot of questions about what I'm doing because I'm far less public about the work that I do now. Part of this episode later on, I'm gonna give you guys a little snapshot of what I'm doing now. Um, It was something I recorded a little bit ago um, before I graduated and um, now I have been working in a full-time job for about a month and so I tell you guys a little bit about that process but recently um, I met with a former professor who was really curious to see what I was doing now and they were very surprised to hear that I wasn't doing something in politics or going to law school and that's probably the number one confused question that people come up to me with. Um, and sometimes I don't know what to say because it's like, well, I'm just, I'm not doing that. Like it's, it was a decision that I made and that was what was best for me. Um, and I still feel like there's this expectation for me to just continue using the strengths that I, that I have to Benefit the quote-unquote greater good. I don't know if this is the right word to use but kind of like be a martyr and Again, this is something I've been hearing for a lot of my life and While it was something I subscribed to at one point in time. It's not something I subscribe to anymore Um, I know that I'm an intelligent person. I know that I'm capable. I know that I'm a leader I know what I'm like. I know who I am, you know Um, but in the same thread like I know what kind of life I deserve and I don't think that pushing myself to my wits end trying to fight a system that constantly wants to shape and mold me into this little box that's agreeable and sweet, down for anything and like willing to bend and fold for whatever people need. That was the type of environment that it was when I was working in law and government and politics and even activism. When I see people like AOC, I see a very notable and fucking incredible person and I deeply admire the work that she does. But I think the tendency for people to label any outspoken woman of color as like whatever token radical woman of color is like currently in office, I question that. And I don't mean to sound cynical, but I know that if AOC was a white woman, people would not be comparing me to her. Here's my thing okay. People don't take the time to know someone's true strengths and true capabilities, especially when you're a person of color. No matter who it is, it could be people from your own ethnicity, people who are white. They just see you and they're like, oh my god, Like this person is the exception. And that even buys into stereotyping, you know, saying like, oh, you're so... You're so much better than whoever else who is this person really where would their strengths and talents best fit not so much like oh how can you benefit the community because i know this sounds kind of strange because i talk about servicing the community all the time but it's like we cannot service the community until we make sure that we are meeting our own needs this is what i'm saying if we're not even in touch with ourselves young people out here considering like oh my god like how can we contribute to the world but we're not even taking the time to look at our own circles what's going on in your family pay attention to what's going on in your fucking backyard like you cannot do anything until you make sure that you're good and i as a young activist was not good at so many times but even older people i talked to and like adults mentors whatever it was just like okay what are you gonna do next like what's the next step and honestly maybe i was just like around the wrong people i don't know but i really think that it is like that space so i'm not i'm not here to say like nobody go to law school nobody you know (laughs) go to academia nobody like pursue your dreams if that's your dream like definitely go after the things that you want and try out everything and form those decisions for yourself. I hope this is making sense, but I felt like this conversation was really long overdue. Right now, what we see happening with Roe v. Wade specifically, let's start there, if you are curious about this and you want to learn more, there is an abundance of information about abortion rights and about how to support women, And how to support people who are actively seeking abortions right now there are plenty of organizations like planned parenthood that need your funding and there are specific states that need your funding right now texas wisconsin arizona a lot a very long list alabama please read up on it if it's something that you're you know feeling strongly about or if it's something that you feel like you know nothing about it that's fine if you are just looking for like a whole summary of everything that has just happened and you're feeling angry and just like, holy shit, what's going on? Um, Amanda Seals just did an episode about this on small doses called side effects of like when everything is shit or something like that. And it was really good, you know, and is definitely in this headspace of like she's pissed and she's wanting to like take action. That's great. And I love that. And I would love to point you guys in her direction. My offerings to the world and my platform, it's no longer what it was in the sense that I'm not a news outlet and I don't just exist for people's consumption. The type of work that I do is reflective of me and I do my best every day to be a leader in the spaces that I occupy. A lot of that starts with me taking care of my community and taking care of the people that I love. And I think that's how it should be. I don't think we should be pushing ourselves past our limits ever. There are people that we elected in office and who have the privilege to hold very high level positions for the purpose of taking care of the community. And if they're not doing that, that's their fault. That's no one else's fault. If people want to blame voters, it's stupid. It's just stupid because a voter who is disenfranchised, forgotten, you know, their ballots thrown away or they're not of the majority, you know, all these other different possible reasons to how something can eventually change the outcome of an election. I'm telling you, like a lot of people out here who do truly care, like we're doing our best with the information we have, and I see that population who's, like, maybe not, like, all fucking, like, poli-sci college degrees and, you know, people who are super active in, in current events and stuff. Like, most people are just, you know, regular old people trying to do their best, trying to stay informed, kind of, and I don't think that makes someone, like, bad or evil to, like, not be completely Updated on like everything that's happening all the time because everybody has their own lives. We as a country rely on the government To take care of us. That's how this shit works. I think it's so interesting that people place individual blame on American people when something like Roe v. Wade is overturned And I'm like, do you even understand how the system works? because that's not it like yes i do think that conservative voters are a huge problem and i'm not denying that at all but first of all if you don't know how the supreme court works please go to youtube and look it up and educate yourself if you don't know how the government works if you don't know how the branches are connected look it up take a class on it. But the Supreme Court is not elected. They're appointed. That's how fucking Brett Kavanaugh is wearing a robe now. People think this is like individual voters fault. I'm just like, it's just so nonsensical to me. I remember learning about how Roe v. Wade would be overturned when I was a freshman in college. This was four years ago. So I'm among like the relatively small population of people who was expecting this. And I'm sure there were even people in my classes who were not paying attention, or were, you know, just not caring, so that maybe they were surprised, but I definitely wasn't. I have no expectations for this system. I also have no expectations for a lot of white people and conservatives. That's my personal opinion. Just because I have really no reason to believe otherwise. Um, Historically proven now everything when you've seen something time and time and time and time and time again it's like okay how many more times does another tragedy need to happen before we finally just like see what's right in front of our faces so yeah with that um thank you for listening to me now i'm gonna get into what i'm doing with my career with my life and with work i recently just received really fantastic news I'm going through a lot of changes. So, you're catching me right in the thick of it right now. This episode is going to be released later on because some of the stuff that I'm talking about, I cannot share publicly yet on this very day. But I want to be on here and talk to you guys anyway. Um so, I've been spending a lot of time on the rooftop in my apartment building. Just soaking up the sun, trying to not breathe in pollution. It's been nice, it's been really nice. I've been cooking a little more. Probably for my Instagram, it seems like I cook all the time. That's not true, like I do cook often, but Instagram is a highlight reel. So I post the meals that I cook, I don't post. All the uber eats that I order so hey sometimes I do but this update has a lot to do with where I'm going in my career so taking off my media hat for a second I'm talking about what I will be doing after I have officially, officially graduated college. That is insane. Oh my God, wow. Um, I still feel like a child, quite honestly. I feel like when I look in the mirror, I'm like, I look like I'm 16 years old. What am I doing? Like I live in this apartment by myself, what is going on? But then I have to remind myself like, no, this is is adulthood, like this is okay. (laughs) So to be totally transparent with everybody listening to this, First of all, when you are coming out of college, finding a job is hard. Getting your footing is hard. Going through the application process, writing a nice resume and a cover letter and interviewing and sending professional emails, it's hard. And no one in school teaches us this. It just doesn't happen. And unfortunately, the odds of that happening are even lower if you're a person of color, if you're first generation, or I guess I would use the term like first generation adjacent so even if you aren't first generation but your parents don't necessarily have the tools to help you with things like your academics or your career preparedness which happens a lot so I also want to name that. It's just hard. I don't think that LinkedIn and Instagram and all this shit is representative of what the process actually looks like when you graduate and i appreciate so much those content creators who talk about career and finances and stuff and they're very transparent on what their journey was like when they talk about salary and what they were doing and some people are like as i've networked with people they're telling me like hey for the first few years out of college i had to work several jobs just to make ends meet like i was working way over full time that's just what i had to do but it's it's really common having a full-time job right out of college is not the reality for a lot of people and there's no good or bad measurement scale i think things happen exactly the way they're supposed to i have felt the negative mental side effects of finishing a job or resigning from a job and having this long period of What am I going to do next? What's happening? Like, where am I going to get income from? Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? Like, big questions. And me living in a city that I'm not from, I have even more considerations on top of that, because I don't want to say there's no plan B, because there's always another option. But for me, like, if it doesn't work out out here, that's it. And for a lot of people that go to colleges out of state and plan on staying in them, or relocating to a different spot, that is our reality. Not to drone on on this too much, but I just wanna say like for people who announce like, oh, I have this job right after graduation or I landed this thing, like it does not make that person any better than anybody else. And if it takes someone longer to find work or to figure out what they want to do it is not a testament to who you are as a person or how smart you are or how good you like utilize your resources necessarily people want to say that your effort is measured by the output but we all know that's not true what this looks like on paper that i'm about to share with you is that right after college i will be starting a job as a program coordinator at an arts-based nonprofit here in Chicago that offers lots of programming, lots of workshops centered around creative writing, education, supplemental education. I'm gonna be running an after-school program for youth to explore poetry, storytelling, performance, and so many other things. And I feel incredibly blessed to have this opportunity i did not think i would land something that is so deeply aligned with me and what i love i was actually just going through my google drive for work-related purposes and i came across this career reflection that i wrote for a two credit class we had to you know do these self assessment tests that gauge like what your personality type is and something that's called an archetype i think my two top archetypes were artistic and visionary we also completed the careers that most fit us basically in my reflection i talk about how all i want out of the job in my ideal job is to be creative and to be able to help people and to use my intuition that was a huge part of it i was like i want to be able to trust my own gut i don't want it to just be this monotonous like you input numbers and then this comes out that's that's not for me like i need something where i can think and i can do And there are so many careers that you can do that in. But when we talk about art and we talk about creating something, you know, we don't talk about those careers as much in school. And when we advertise education, it's like, oh, you're going to make this amount of money doing these like five different careers. You're going to be either a consultant, a financial analyst, um, you're going to do marketing or communications, or education, or blah, 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 you know? And it's like, if you don't fit into those neat little categories, it's like, oh, you're just lost. Oh, you're just, you just need help. It's like, no, 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 (laughs) no. Like, that's just the narrative that we've been taught for so fucking long. And let me explain to you how this process worked for me for the longest time, especially with everything being online, remote jobs, the whole thing, I like everybody else was applying to jobs all online. And it's very annoying to be creating resume after resume, cover letter after cover letter, writing sample after writing sample, submitting it and getting automatic rejection letters. Everybody I think can agree that this system is not really working, and um, then you have to, like, pay for whatever software that scans your documents to make sure you have keywords, oh my god, it's just a nightmare, and I was like, okay, obviously this isn't working, what can I do, and so, actually, I found the best resources on Instagram, and there's a couple women that create, like, career-related content. I was listening to them, and one of them was, like, your approach, not me, but, you know, audience, your approach is not working if you're just applying online. Like, you need to be cold emailing. This is a gem right here, so please, like, flag this, screen record, whatever you need to do. You need to cold email the higher ups, the decision makers in these companies and in these fields that you want to work for. Don't think that, oh, they don't have time for me. They're not going to think I'm good enough. Oh my God, I'm just coming out of college. Oh my God, my education isn't aligned with them. Oh, my major doesn't have anything to do with the company. Who cares? Like how many people are emailing them directly? Probably none or very few. So that already sets you apart. And so at first I was kind of skeptical and I was like, is this legit? Who knows? Fuck it. Let's just do it. And so I took kind of like a similar route in reaching out to prior connections that I had. I was actually talking to them about a different role. And during that process, 15 minutes in, the person I was speaking to said, wait, actually, I have the role that's perfect for you. And it was, instead of a contracted position, it was a full-time, full benefits, everything, the whole gig. She was like, I feel like your experience best fits this role. And I was like, all right, I mean, (laughs) why not? At this point, I was like so up to my eyeballs in applications. I was like, anything would be great. I have nothing to lose and then as i'm looking into this position i'm like wait she's onto something like this is actually perfect for me and i think how i got to this stage and how i even got to writing that email was i detached from this money mindset where i was like oh my value based on these languages that I speak, this degree that I have, this experience that I have is I deserve to get paid X. And if they're not going to pay me this, blah, and like, that was my whole approach before all this. And that was guiding me. And I was wondering why, like, oh my God, this isn't working. But I wasn't acting in alignment with my values. I was not saying, okay, what do I love? How can I get there? I was looking at what do other people have and how do I get to where they're at? But where other people are at who have nothing to do with me and my interests has nothing to do with me and my interests. So once I started going down that path that was more positive and Like releasing my ego was really what I was doing. And I went from being like, I need this, I need this, I need this, to really being like, okay, wait, what am I good at? What do I have to offer? Who is doing the work that I believe in? Okay, let's start with these people. And I didn't initially even begin with the organization that I'm now going to be working for. I began with others that were in alignment with similar things action-oriented, community-centered, working with youth centering the populations in Chicago in particular that need the most help once I started going down that route is where these opportunities kind of came to me I think also in this process I learned how to trust, sometimes, other people's vision of me and trust that there will be people that see the potential in you. As long as you can articulate who you are, what you do, what your experience is and how you can benefit somebody's company or organization. Um And people, you know, on these career seminars and stuff, they'll say like, oh, personal branding is so important. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of ways you can say that. I think personal branding is just a marketing way of saying know who you are. It's not just about having a nice headline for your LinkedIn. That is important, just so you know, but it's about knowing who the fuck you are and for people who are in careers that they feel completely unhappy in and they see other people being happy and they're like oh my god why can't i be like them it's like because you don't understand yourself because you don't do that work to look within yourself and say what do i want what do i love what makes life enjoyable for me what makes me happy genuinely happy like release all the shame, release all the guilt. What do you love? And build from there. Like, And also, what you love is not always just one thing, and narrowing down your interests and your passions to one thing might not even be beneficial for you. I think it is entirely possible, and I know it's entirely possible, to find fulfilling careers that also allow you the flexibility to do the other things that you want to do. If you are an avid traveler, there are a million and ten ways to do that while working a job that is not all-consuming. If you want to write a book but also have a full-time job, you can also do that. If you want to be a Pilates instructor and you also want to be a computer engineer, you can also do that, you know? like Everybody has their own formula for how they choose to spend their time. No matter what you do, there will be people who doubt you, there will be people who question you, but they're not the ones living this life, you are. So if you know that you're doing the things that you wanna do, fuck them. Um, anyways, kind of back to my point um, with my life update, I will be starting that job the day after I graduate. Which is insane. And it looks like, oh, I set it up perfectly. Oh, my God. But, like, as I've just told you, circumstances, universe, signs, wonderful things, all combined, you know? Um, Also, I'm going to be moving out of my apartment and into a different neighborhood um, that is hopefully closer to my work. I'm still in my current place for another couple months um which will be cute and then after that I will be done (laughs) with this chapter um I feel like my college days have just been like lingering on even though technically I'm done because I was going through the job search for so long and now I feel like I can finally cut the cord and see what life is like. I want to see, like, who am I out in this world where I'm not tied to an institution? I'm not labeled according to what college I go to and what major I have, which is, to me, just another variation of high school, where people label you based on your high school and what sport you play or what instrument you play, you know? I feel like college is just a new version of that. And when you're out in the real world, you gotta prove yourself. You gotta show up every day. And I'm very excited and very optimistic about how that is going to manifest in my life. I feel very blessed that I was able to support myself during this time and that I took a chance on myself. I followed what I really felt like I needed to be doing. I took advice from people that I felt were truly supporting the best version of me. I, I also received bad advice, I guess, from people who maybe had unfulfilled things in their life that they're now projecting onto other people. Anyways, changes are natural changes are inevitable i feel like i am an active person in my own life i don't feel like i'm in the passenger seat of my life just waiting for things to happen i feel like i saw a space that i belonged in and i said that's mine that's what i want that's what i want to do and this is why you need me i was so tired of just watching life go by and saying, oh my God, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And then being like, you know what? This is my circumstances. This is what's happening. Okay. This is what I need to do to do the best possible job that I can to get myself out of the current situation that I'm in and into a better headspace, into a more financially stable environment. I'm very proud of myself for the work that I put in and for the lessons that I learned and for the mistakes that I made, for misunderstandings, miscommunications, everything. I'm grateful for it all because that's what got me here. If anybody's listening to this and they are a college student who still has more time left, I also wanna mention that a lot of my professional experience, not a lot, but some, I had to start out unpaid or for a period of time, wherever I worked, it was unpaid. During college, I worked three different unpaid internships and if anybody's ever done that like you know it's kind of soul draining sometimes but i want to say like if you're doing the work if you're out there congratulations first of all because you're believing in yourself also i promise you it's going to pay off and the work that you're doing now you're gonna you're gonna see the payoff in the future and the money you're foregoing right now it'll come back to you. I think the worst thing you can do is not necessarily like accepting different circumstances or taking a job that is low paying. I think the worst thing you can do is give up. There are a lot of different obstacles that we're gonna face in our lives. And there will be things that feel impossible and things that feel like they're gonna completely break us in half. And if you are able to persevere through that, and you can overcome that and tell yourself like, no, I can do this. I deserve to live the life of my dreams. I deserve to be happy. You're gonna do it. Like, I promise you. If that's you, if that's your mentality, you're gonna do it. Because perseverance can literally push through damn near anything. But also, utilize the people around you. Don't think that you're just by yourself and nobody appreciates you and nobody acknowledges your work And nobody cares like I also see that mentality a lot and quite frankly, it's kind of annoying if you Believe in yourself and put your work out there. I'm talking to artists I'm talking to people who are creating every single day Make your website make your portfolio make that Instagram page make your fucking YouTube channel make the podcast Just do it like stop doubting yourself The longer you prolong that the more you're just gonna be in your head for creators And for, like, performers, not everything you do, you're going to love. Like, not everything you do is going to get positive feedback. But does that mean that you're not an artist? Does that mean that you're not completely valid in who you are? Absolutely not. And if you think that receiving applause and gratification from everyone equals that you are good at what you're doing or you're valid in what you're doing, you have more work to do. Thank you so much to everybody who regularly tunes into this podcast, tells me what episodes they love, what they wanna hear more of, because I really, really appreciate that feedback and I really appreciate the support. Um, I'm always curious to see what people have to say. Thank you so much for just believing in my voice and believing in what I have to say or disagreeing with what I have to say. That's also fine too. To touch on some of the other things we typically talk about on the show, like please make sure that you're taking care of your mental health. Um, if you're a young person and you're lost and you are deeply questioning yourself or you're going through depression or anxiety or any other mental health struggles, please know that you have so many people on your side and you have so many people who care about you and who love you and who want to see you come out on the other side. And please know that whatever you're going through right now, it's gonna pass, it's temporary. I know it doesn't feel temporary, It probably feels like the biggest thing in the world, but it's temporary and it's gonna pass. Lean into the people in your life who make you feel whole, who make you feel loved and appreciated and cherished because that is what you deserve. There is so much opportunity in the world. There is so much money in the world. There is so much laughter and joy and freedom in the world and we just need to go claim it. A lot of the limitations that we think are there, sometimes systemically they are there, but mentally we are completely free. We can be in a completely different place. Something that I've been using to check in with myself and to alleviate some of the anxiety that I've been feeling in this transitional phase, which there has been a lot. Um, There's been a lot of staring at my ceiling as I'm trying to fall asleep. Um, I i have no idea where i heard this it was i believe from a podcast i was listening to but they said when you are experiencing a vivid emotion that is like really intense anger or anxiety frustration being overwhelmed you can separate how you are feeling in your mind versus how you experience it in your body meaning that you can say okay my mind feels anger my mind is angry it feels upset i can be angry up here but i'm i'm at peace in my body my body is okay i feel angry but my body is at peace but it doesn't need to take over me that has been amazing for me that has allowed me to especially when i'm hearing stories from other people as we're hearing about a lot of these mass shootings and other things that are recurring problems in this country, there are ways to take in information, have conversations about things that are difficult and not let it completely take over your body, which I think is such an important skill for us to develop because if we, especially heavily empathetic people, if we just take on everybody's suffering, we can't function. If we want to be healers, educators, partners, Daughters, sons, like, if, if we want to be these good people and active, present people, we have to learn how to process our emotions in healthy ways, how to talk about our emotions, how to ask for help, how to be transparent with the people that we love. So with that, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Vibe and Cultivate. I appreciate you guys so much. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and rest of your week. (laughs) If you are interested in learning more about arts programs in Chicago that serve black and brown youth, you can check out Ingenuity that provides a data snapshot of BIPOC representation and arts partners, specifically with Chicago public schools. You can also look at the CPS website that shows the distribution of what the demographics of each school is. Um, Where I work, we use that to identify which students would benefit most and need our programs most. You can also donate to organizations like the All Stars Project of Chicago. They're also active in many other cities, um, providing performance and professional development for youth. They specifically work with teenagers on the south side of Chicago. If you're interested in supporting mental health, there's an organization called Rainbows for All Children, and they provide mental health support groups to ages 3 to 18. If you're in need of those services, also feel free to reach out to them. There are lots of other orgs, and feel free to do your own research or DM me about it. Thank you so much for listening.